Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast for the Come Follow Me lessons. This is uh, lesson number 23, and it's going to be covering Alma 8 through 12 for the period June 8th through the 14th. So I'm hoping that you're enjoying this for this week's lesson. Now today, uh, this lesson, uh, remember Alma has just been teaching uh, the, the people and he's uh, gone to Gideon. He went to Zarahemla and Gideon. Now he's in the city of Melech and uh, he's going to find some success here. He mentions uh, in verse 1 that uh, he can't write everything that he's written because there's just not enough room. Um, and then in verse at the end of verse 1 it mentions that he returned to his own house in Zarahemla to rest for a while. And then uh, we, we're not expected to run faster than we have strength. So this was okay for him to take a break and, uh, and return home. Verse 4 mentions that uh, he goes forth in the holy order of God. And that's always meaning the Melchizedek priesthood, uh, that that's the authority that he has. Verse 5, it mentions that they were baptized throughout all the land. So Alma's preaching in Melech was very successful. Uh, and then it, he decides after he leaves uh, Melech that he's going to go to a three days journey north to uh, the city of Ammonihah. And this may be about 50 or 60 miles away. If it's taken him three days, it might be quite a distance to get there. Um, but he mentions in verse 9 that Satan had great hold on these people. Uh, this may have been the order of Nehors uh, that we had encountered before. Um, and so maybe this is that that, re that religion that, that he's now trying to overcome here. Verse 10 mentions that uh, he wrestles much in the spirit and the, wrestles with God in mighty prayer. Now, we don't wrestle with God. Um, God doesn't ever resist us. It's us that has to get into the right position. This is kind of like the experience that Enos had when he was in the wilderness, that he wrestled with God. And uh, it's not us. It's not God that's wrestling with us. It's us that are wrestling with ourselves to get into a place where we can uh, find out what the Lord wants us to do. So verse 14 uh, he he had been preaching in um, in Ammonihah, um, but uh, that they have cast him out. In verse 13, it mentions that they cast him out of the city. And so he's on his way now to the city of Aaron. But in verse 14, it mentions that while he was journeying, um, being very sorry for the people, uh, an angel appears to him. And uh, verse 15 says, uh, Lift up thy head and rejoice, for thou hast great cause to rejoice. Uh, thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments, and uh, I am the same angel that appeared to you the first time. Uh, so this angel that he, he is encountering now uh, was the one that uh, called him to repentance the first time. Uh, but then the, the angel commands him to go back uh, to, to the city of Ammonihah. Um, and it says in verse 18, it came to pass after Alma had received the message, the Lord had he had returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah. He entered in the city by another way uh, on the south side of the city. And he, as he entered, he was in hungered. And he said to a man, will you give a humble servant of God something to eat? Now, this uh, person that he's going to meet with here is uh, going to become his missionary companion. <clears throat> this is going to be Amulek. And so verse 20 says uh, that Amulek says, I'm a Nephite. And I know that thou art a prophet, 
because an angel came to me in a vision and said to, to receive you. Therefore, go with me into my house, and I will impart unto thee of my food. And so Alma and Amulek go to Amulek's home, and uh, Alma is, is uh, nourished there by Amulek. Um, verse uh, 21, it mentions uh, that he received him into his house, and the man's name was Amulek. And he brought forth meat and bread and set before Alma. And Alma ate the bread and was filled, and he blessed Amulek in his house, and he gave thanks unto God. Um, and so uh, in verse 27, Alma is going to stay here for a couple of days. Uh, this is probably like a mini missionary training center for both he and Amulek to uh, decide how they're going to do this, how they're going to preach to the people of the city. Verse 31, uh, they had power given to them insomuch that they could not be confined in dungeons. So as they go forth, uh, the people are trying to uh, harm them, but they can't be captured. They can't be taken. Uh, they are cast into prison a few times, but the jails don't hold them. They're able to escape and to get out and to continue to preach. Uh, verse 9, at the heading of that, uh, we see again some words of Mormon, uh, the words of Alma and also the words of Amulek. That's a, an ex explanation that's given by Mormon that Joseph Smith translated. Uh, and so in beginning in verse 1, uh, this is the words of Alma, and these are uh, quoted, by, uh, quoted from Alma by, by Mormon in his abridgment. Um, and so... Um, Alma is beginning to preach, and the people kind of withstand him in verse 2. He says, Who art thou? Suppose ye that we shall believe the testimony of one man. So here they believe in the law of witnesses. They understand the law of witnesses. They think that it's just uh, just Alma that's coming forth to preach to them. Verse 6, they say, Who is God that sendeth no more authority than one man? And so that's their, they kind of hold on to that uh, particular principle uh, that uh, God wouldn't send just one person. Uh, and then in verse 12, he says, Alma says that he's been commanded to teach them to repent uh, and that except they did repent, that they would be destroyed, that the Lamanites would come in upon them and destroy them. Um, he says in verse 14, uh, inasmuch as the Lamanites have not kept the commandments, they have been cut off from the presence of the Lord. Now we see that the word of the Lord has been verified. Nevertheless, I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you if ye remain in your sins. Down to verse 16, there are many promises which are extended to the Lamanites, for it is because of the traditions of their fathers that caused them to remain in, in their state of ignorance. And then 17, in a, and at some period of time, they will be brought to believe in the word and to know of the incorrectness of the traditions of their fathers, and many of them will be saved. Uh, but as for these Nephites who know better, uh, but because they're, they have hard hearts, uh, they're not willing to... Um, to obey the, the commandments here and also the teaching of Alma. <clears throat> Down to verse 23, Behold, I say unto you that if this people who have received so many blessings from the hand of the Lord should transgress contrary to the light and knowledge which they have, I say that in, in this if this be the case, it, it, and if he, they should fall into transgression, it would be far more tolerable for the Lamanites than for them. For behold, the promises of the Lord are extended to the Lamanites uh, into the future. Uh, not many days, he says in verse 26, the Son of God shall come in his glory, and his glory shall be the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, equity, truth, and full of patience, mercy, and, and long-suffering, quick to hear the cries of his people and to answer their prayers. Um, and so Alma is preaching them, um, and so they're withstanding his words. Um, and then down in verse 34, it came to pass that Amulek went and stood forth and began to preach unto them also. And now the words of Amulek 
are not all written. Uh, so now we go into chapter 10. And so now Amulek is going to speak. And he says in verse 2, I am Amulek. I am the son of Gedona, who was the, first, who was the son of Ishmael who was a descendant of Amenadi, and it was the same Amenadi who interpreted the language or the writing which was upon the wall of the temple, which was written by the finger of God. Well, we don't know what this is. This must have been recorded on the large plates of Nephi. It may have been part of the book of Lehi that was lost, uh, or Mormon just didn't include the explanation in his editing. Uh, some, so somehow we don't have the uh, account of what this actually means that that the finger that the writing on the wall of the temple um, so we don't have a clue what that means verse 3 Amenadi was a descendant of Nephi who was a son of Lehi so Amulek is giving some of his credentials here his um, his genealogy or his uh, lineage here to show that he's from Manasseh through Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, and he's doing that to show that he's a prominent citizen of the city here, that uh, that he's, spe he's speaking to them with Alma. But in verse 6, he mentions that I hardened my heart, or I was called many times and would not hear, therefore I knew concerning these things. So he's saying that he'd basically become inactive in the church, um, but that he, because Alma has now uh, come to him, that, uh, that he's now uh, going to change. He mentions in verse 7, that an angel of the Lord appeared to him and uh, explained to him about Alma coming and uh, that he was going to go forth to preach. He said, I obeyed the voice of the angel and returned towards my house. And as I was going, I found the man whom the angel uh, said unto me, thou shalt receive into thy house. <clears throat> and uh, verse 11 says, he blessed my house and he blessed me and my women and my children. Uh, now, verse 14, now it was those men who sought to destroy them who were lawyers <clears throat> who were hired or appointed by the voice of the people to administer the law at the times of the of trials or at the trials of the crimes of the people before the judges. And these lawyers were learned in all the arts and cunning of the people, and this was to enable them to, that they might be skillful in their profession. Now, it's interesting that they <clears throat> are paid by the hour, and so if the, as much as they can uh, stir things up and cause people to be in conflict with each other, uh, that's going to cause them to be more busy and have more more work to do. Therefore, they're going to get more they're going to get paid a lot more wages for their their efforts. And then in verse uh, 16, it says they began to question Amulek that thereby they might make him cross his words or contradict the words which he should speak. Remember that they're expert in their language. And then in verse uh, 22, well, in verse 20, uh, in, I'm sorry, in verse 17, now they knew not that Amulek could know of their designs, <clears throat> but it came to pass as they began to question him, he perceived their thoughts and said, O ye wicked and perverse generation. Then in 18, ye are laying the plans to pervert the ways of righteousness, to bring down the wrath of God upon you. Well, did Mosiah say that, uh, who was our last king, uh, that when the people chose iniquity, then they were ripe for destruction. Verse 22, yea, and I say unto you that if it were not for the prayers of the righteous who are now in the land, that ye would even now be visited with utter, utter destruction, yet it would be not by blood, as were the people of the days of Noah, but it would be by famine and by pestilence and by the sword. But it is by the prayers of the righteous that ye are spared. And then he tells them, if, if uh, ye cast the righteous out from among you, then the Lord will, will destroy you. And this is exactly what's going to happen later on. And then we find out in verse 31, he says, there's one among them whose name was Zeezrom. Now he was the foremost to accuse Amulek and Alma, he being one of the most expert among them, having much business to do among the people. 
And so now he's going to try to bribe them. And so we have in the uh, in chapter 11, we have a description of the coinage of the Nephites. And the reason that the coinage is all set forth here is that uh, it's to show how much the bribe was that uh, Zeezrom is going to offer to Alma and Amulek. Um, and so to show that it was quite a bit of money that uh, he's being offered here. Now, the interesting thing here, Hugh Nibley said about the system of coinage that uh, is being explained here, uh, that they had a system which ran in sevens instead of fives and tens, or, or like America does, or sixes and twelves as the English system does. And so he says, uh, because it ran in sevens, and Richard Smith pointed out uh, that this is the best possible system that could be devised. It used the least coins for any necessary transaction. He says, if you want to figure out a system that will use a minimum amount of coins and save you a lot of trouble, this is the system. Uh, in, in America, uh, we have a 1-5-10 system, uh, but this one was a 1-2-4-7 system. Uh, the use of the values from 1 to 9 to determine which system is most efficient, uh, that is, which system allows a buyer and seller to conduct business with the fewest bills or coins in, in purchasing um, something with one coin um, or costs one, a buyer needs one piece of money in both systems, but for a purchase of two, the Nephite system is more convenient because you just needed a one a, a two-piece a two coin. Uh, it's only in the purchase of five that the American or the U.S. system is more efficient because you only need one uh, one piece of money for a five, but uh, with the Nephites you had to have two. And so this is showing, uh, at least uh, among the Nephites, a more efficient system of coinage. And so, um, but in verse 21, Zeezrom begins to question Amulek uh, and says, "Will you answer me a few questions?" And uh, he mentions, um, if, you'll, if you'll do that, I will pay you six aunties of silver. Now the auntie, uh, this is a wage of about 42 days worth of work. Uh, so this is about $30,000. Or if you were a judge, it was probably like about, you know, if a judge earned $200,000 a year, this would have been uh, worth about uh, $30,000 or 42, 42 days worth of wages. And so that's what this, uh, what this wage is about here, this bribe that he's giving. Um, but Amulek says in 23, O thou child of hell, why tempt ye me? Knowest thou that the righteous yieldeth to no such temptation? So Zeezrom going to be foiled in his uh, temptation here. But uh, Amulek is going to continue to preach. Uh, he's going to talk about the Savior in verse 4 again, about him coming uh, to redeem his people. Uh, therefore the wicked remain as though there had been no redemption made. Um, and that uh, verse 42, death is a temporal death. Uh, and the death of Christ is going to loose the bands of death and that the spirit and body will be re reunited again and uh, be, be, we will be resurrected and able to stand and be judged. And so it's important for them to mention about the judgment because Zeezrom is going to begin to, to understand here what he's talking, what Almas and Amulek are talking about, that, the, uh, that Christ is going to come, that uh, there will be a day of reckoning one day. And uh, notice in verse... Um, 46, Amulek had finished these words, the people began again to be astonished, and also Zeezrom began to tremble. So now Zeezrom is realizing uh, that uh, what Alma and Amulek are saying uh, is true. In, in the next chapter, verse, or chapter 12, verse 1, uh, that they had silenced Zeezrom, for he beheld that, that Amulek had caught him in, in his lying and deceiving to destroy him. 
And then Zeezrom realizes that, but Amulek indicates that uh, that God knows our thoughts. God knows uh, the thoughts and intents of our heart, and it was given by the Spirit. Down to verse 7, Alma had spoken these words. Zeezrom began to tremble more exceedingly, for he was convinced more and more of the power of God, and he was convinced that Alma and Amulek had a knowledge of him, for he was convinced that they knew the thoughts and intents of his heart. Verse 9, Alma began to expound those things unto him, saying, If it is given unto many to know the, the mysteries of God, nevertheless God, or they are laid uh, under a strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of his, of his word which he doth grant. And so uh, as Alma and Amulek are preaching the gospel uh, to them, Zeezra is realizing uh, the truth of what he's saying, of what they're saying, and uh, is beginning to repent. And so uh, Alma and Amulek continue to teach about Christ and about the atonement uh, down to verse 22. Uh, Alma did. Uh, now we see that Alma did fall by the partaking of the forbidden, or Adam did fall. He's teaching now about the fall, um, that Adam partook of the fruit uh, and fell, uh, and, and that th this was possible through the, the atonement. We see that death came upon all mankind. Uh, verse 25, it had been, had it not been for the plan of redemption, uh, that uh, there would have been no uh, resurrection, that all would have been lost. And uh, this is important for Zeezrom to understand because he's thinking that there is no God. Um, but in verse 31, he says, Wherefore, we, he gave commandments unto men, they having first transgressed the first commandments as to the temporal death and becoming as gods, knowing good from evil. Uh, and so because we do know good from evil, we are therefore accountable. Uh, verse 32, therefore God gave unto them commandments after having made known unto them the plan of redemption uh, that they should not do evil, but that the penalty of death or that the penalty of sin was the second death or being out of the presence of God. And uh, so again, the plan of redemption being mentioned here to uh, to these people, including Zeezrom. Uh, verse 37, now my brethren, seeing how seeing we know these things and they are true, let us repent and harden not our hearts that we provoke not the Lord our God to pull down his wrath upon us in this, in these his second commandments, which he has given unto us, but let us enter into the rest of God, which is prepared according to his word. And so here um, that we are given commandments in this life to uh, to help us to draw closer to our to our Heavenly Father, and that when we break commandments that we repent and, and return unto him. And so this, uh, this, uh, these talks here to the people of Zeez, uh, to the people of Ammonihah, and to uh, Zeezrom is to get them to repent. And uh, we'll see what happens next time. So come back uh, next lesson next week. I bear testimony of the truth of these things, and that uh, as we uh, take upon ourselves the atonement of Christ, as was mentioned, that it's a personal atonement. It's not just a massive sin upon us, but it's an individual atonement that Christ suffered for each one of us. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.